people who once lived for their own glory would now by His grace live for His glory. Oh, not just in religious matters, but in every day in their life that these people would live for the glory of God, where the rubber meets the road in everyday life. There'd be something that would motivate me that would be bigger than what I want, that I would really have a heart that had been captivated by the glory of God. That is the mission of Jesus. Today on the Song Time broadcast, we continue our study looking at Luke chapter 2, 14, that glory of God in the peace on earth as Paul David Tripp explains to us how the two are integrally tied to each other. Stay tuned for that message, but first we'll be joined once again by Elise Fitzpatrick as we talk about how a proper understanding of heaven can give us the peace that we are looking for on earth. The many voices are coming together for that one message. I'm your host, Adam Miller. You're listening to Songtime Radio. Over the course of this week, we have been continuing our Christmas series, looking at the true meaning of Christmas. It's not about the gifts that we exchange. It's not even about uh, time together with friends and family. It's certainly not the pomp and the circumstance of, of celebration with all the decorations and the spirit of Christmas. It's not even about the songs. It is ultimately about the story of Jesus and the remembrance that, that God became man and dwelt among us. This is the glory of God and the peace on earth that we see in our theme verse, Luke 2, 14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, we've been listening to a message this week by Paul David Tripp, who has been unpacking this verse in such an amazing way, reminding us that if we really want to have peace on earth, then we need to understand to put glory in its proper place. And part of the reason we don't have a peace inside our soul is because we're looking for peace in the wrong places. Well, our guest today is Elise Fitzpatrick, and she's written a book called Home, How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfy Our Deepest Longings. And this book can actually help us to find peace on earth as we look forward to the glory in heaven and the new earth. Now, Elise, your subtitle here is that this is the heaven and the new earth will satisfy our deepest longings. What are our deepest longings? Yeah, our deepest longing is to love and be loved. Mm-hmm. Right? So, what we'll know when we walk into that, what Hebrews 12 calls that. Um, innumerable gathering of angels in festal array, (laughs) angels at a party. When we walk into that party, we will know that we are completely known. I mean, really known. All the stuff that goes on in our heart, all of our thoughts, totally known, and yet totally loved at the same time. So we will be totally known and totally loved and we will know other people we will get to know them and we won't spend our time while we're talking to people thinking I wonder what they think about me I wonder if I just said a bad thing or thinking about how you look or any of those kinds of things sort of all of that self-consciousness that came in at the fall in the garden when Adam and Eve realized that they were naked all of all of that will go away and we will be able to love one another 
and love the Lord and know that we are loved forever. Hmm. There are many pictures of what heaven is going to be like uh, throughout the Bible. Obviously, they can't all be um, literal because they are, there's many, I mean, if angels all have eyes on them, it'd be rather frightening uh, if we get to heaven and that's what the angels look like. But there are certainly metaphors. What What is heaven going to look like? And what what is what are all those stories and pictures of heaven supposed to be conveying to us? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I think that the stories and pictures are supposed to let us know that it's kind of uh, it's it's not what it's not what we're used to seeing. Okay, so that and you know that the whole picture of angels. I I get hmm, it's probably a pet peeve of mine to see pictures of angels that look like women with wings. Uh, angels do not look like women with wings. Um, they are powerful and mighty beings who um, would take on the form of like a human so that they could talk to people like Mary, like Hagar, so they could do that. Um, but uh, they, they would um, mediate themselves to us. But, but what is it going to be like? It's going to be like a... Some, I, I live in Southern California, so I love to watch the sunset over the ocean and this golden light that comes down and sometimes there'll be like shafts of light through clouds and then it dances, sparkles on the water. It's that kind of golden light that will uh, fill everything so there is no night there. That doesn't, of course, mean that we'll never sleep, but there's no night where um we where that light goes away the light is the lamb and he will be there always and you know maybe someday we'll sit around and say hey um i just heard that tolkien was doing a a class on imagination let's go listen to him like that <laughs> or or let's go who knows what will happen with the heavens out there? You know, will the horsehead nebula still be there? I don't know. Let's go, let's go discover the horsehead nebula and where it came from. That sort of stuff forever for the glory of God. So everything that's good here, Adam, your work, your uh, learning, your love of your family, relationships, good godly relationships, all of that gets translated there, but without any sin at all. Mm. <laughs> no pain, no sorrow, no crying, no death, no goodbye, forever. Mm. I think in some, some ways, it's the contrast that gives people in this world, in this present state. It's the contrast of struggle and the appreciation that makes the things that we actually get out of the end of the day worth value and gives us a lot of appreciation for the things that we have because we've struggled for it. But without struggling, it seems very difficult for us to imagine a world without all of those obstacles that we have to overcome. Well, that's because we live in a sin-cursed fallen world, and we don't just appreciate love for love's sake. When we get there, we will appreciate love for love's sake. We won't need to have suffering in order to appreciate something. And then I suppose if we said, well, 
okay, we have to see that they're suffering somewhere in order for us to appreciate it, which I have trouble saying, then we can look at the suffering of Christ and see what he's done for us and say, yes, now I really appreciate everything I have here. Hmm. It's Revelation. We'll be joining with the the angels in declaring worthy was the lamb yes. who was slain. Uh, yeah. Worthy is the lamb who was slain on our behalf. There is that understanding, as you mentioned, that love that permeates all of heaven and the new earth. Yes. So, you know, the, the two commands, love God and your neighbor, that Christ fulfilled on our behalf and that we are called to obey, that those two commands will permeate every relationship. Every, every rela- and every thought you have will only be, how can I demonstrate love for God and my neighbor today? And it won't be like, oh, and that means I got to not do something I want to do. No, actually, that is what you're going to want to do. Because you're going to be cleansed from sin and all selfishness. And, it, and that doesn't mean that we won't be joyous. It actually means we'll be fully joyous because we'll be free. We've been talking with Elise Fitzpatrick about her book called uh, Home, How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfy Our Deepest Longings. You can find out more information about her book by giving us a call 508-362-7070. What is your deepest longing? If we're all honest, it's not always uh, the the case that we desire the things of God. Many times we desire the wrong things, and by desiring things that are lesser than the kingdom of God, we end up without peace on earth as we should have. You know, even myself, I can long for a prime rib sandwich, and my whole day can rise and fall based upon a simple sandwich. Yeah, days that uh, weeks that go by that I, I don't get a chance to have it, it can really mess up my schedule and it can mess up my attitude. That's why you should support the Songtime Ministry because I need my prime rib sandwiches so that I don't get hangry and then this program will go off the rails. Well, that's not the case. But you can always support the work here at Songtime uh, by giving to us. And it's not too late to get me a late Christmas present. The, o- the only thing I want for Christmas is a prime rib sandwich. And you can support that by writing to us at Songtime Radio, PO Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or heading over to our website at songtime.com. Make sure that you designate your end-of-the-year donation to go to our Prime Rib Sandwich Fund, and that will keep this broadcast going forward in the days ahead. Uh, But our deepest longing is not about meeting a hunger in our stomach. It is about meeting a hunger in our soul, and it's very hard to to get down to the nitty-gritty and find out what that longing really is. We think it's something about satisfying our flesh, but we can satisfy our flesh all day and we will still be hungry tomorrow. Jesus offered the woman at the well a eternal water, where she will never thirst again. And the same is applied to the bread of life. If you are looking for the thing that will truly bring you peace on earth, then you need to look no further than the person and the work of Jesus Christ. We continue our study today in Luke 2.14 in this message from Paul David Tripp. And in defining our need, this, this little hymn really points us to the mission of the Messiah. Listen, you know this, Jesus didn't come first on a political mission to establish an earthly kingdom. 
He didn't come on an educational mission just to correct our worldview. Jesus didn't come on a psychological mission just to make sure that we felt okay. Jesus, in fact, didn't come on a religious mission to make sure that you did external, religiously appropriate things. No, Jesus' mission is much more radical than that and much more fundamental than that. And if you don't understand that, you misunderstand his mission. If I have a glory problem and if I have a peace problem, then what I have is a heart problem. My problem isn't so much my relationships. My problem isn't so much my situation. My problem is that there's something broken in my heart. David gets it right when he prays, create in me a clean heart, O God. That's what we need. Radical, personal, long-term heart change because that's our problem. The prophecies of the coming Christ are very clear that he is coming to address that problem. I will give them a new heart. I will take that heart of stone out of them and I will replace it with a heart of flesh. That's his work. That this stony heart resistant to change would become a heart alive by God's work and now able to change. And that people who once lived for their own glory would now by his grace live for his glory. Oh, not just in religious matters, but in every day in their life that these people in their words and their thoughts and their actions and their relationships and their desires would live for the glory of God where the rubber meets the road in everyday life. There would be something that would motivate me that would be bigger than what I want and bigger than what I think I need and bigger than my pleasure in the moment that I would really have a heart that had been captivated by the glory of God. That is the mission of Jesus. And that I would be brought quite apart from what I would be able to do. I would be brought by grace into peace with God. Listen, it is not okay that masses and masses of human beings do not live in peace with God. It's not okay that the people walk those streets live apart from peace with God. It's not okay that masses of people in the United States couldn't care less about peace with God. It's not okay that in the nations around the world, masses of people live with no knowledge of what it means to live in peace with God. It's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Because the epicenter of the human existence would be a relationship with God. Listen, as you walk the streets and you realize most people don't understand this, it ought to break your heart. It ought to make you weep. We must not become comfortable with this. Because if it was okay for us to live in broken relationship with God, Jesus wouldn't have come. Yes, I am passionate about this. This is important. What a tragedy. 
that I would wake up and my whole life would be lived for teeny little glories that are never satisfied, satisfy me. What a tragedy that I wouldn't care about peace with God. Those things are not okay. So Jesus came. Because my only hope would be His grace, I can't escape my heart. I can move to another location. I can get out of a relationship. But the one thing I can't escape is the condition of my heart. My problem is me. And so a Lord and Savior must come. When you hear the word Savior, know what you're hearing. You don't need a Savior unless you are unable to help yourself. Savior tells you you need to be rescued. These words really do define our need. They really do define Christ's mission. How do you deal with the problems that you're facing in your life? If you're anything like me, you try to take it on uh, yourself. You try to wrestle with it. You grab it by the horns. You put all of your effort into it, and you try to fix the problem in your flesh, in your own power, in your own might. And if you've done that like me, then you know how much of a failure that is. You, you constantly fall short, and you're, you're unable to fix the problem. In fact, we often make it worse. Or you could be the other way where you just avoid your problems. You ignore them. You try to go the other way and pretend that they don't exist, but they just seem to get bigger and bigger over time. The truth is, if we want to have peace on earth, we need to address them in a biblical and a spiritual prerogative. We have to approach our circumstances by going to our God. And that is what we're taught in the Lord's Prayer, to turn to Him and seek first his kingdom. Your will be done on earth even as it is in heaven. But as we go to God, we also bring him our burdens. And as a loving heavenly father, he cares for us and actually provides us all good things. He teaches us how to to go through this life and prioritize the things that matter most by seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness He brings us all of the good things. If you've ever, like me, been in that position where you have a problem that's in front of you and you just can't seem to wrap your head around how to fix it, and then you finally, at the very last minute, you just turn to God, you fall on your knees, and you lay it in His lap, and you hear Him say, well done. Now I can fix the problem that you're facing. You know, we deal with that as a ministry, as a nonprofit, especially with the world in which we're living and inflation and all of those things. We deal with that every year, it seems, uh, running a ministry like this. But I am constantly surprised by you, our listeners, you, our supporters, and more importantly, I'm surprised that God has kept this ministry going for all of these years. If you believe in the work that we're doing, if you've been blessed, and you want to be a partner with us, maybe your questions and fears and and how you're going to deal with your finances is a major burden on your heart. I'm not going to tell you that it's going to go away by giving to song time, but I can tell you when you entrust your circumstances, when you entrust your problems to God, He will see you through. Could I encourage you, if you have been blessed by the song time ministry, to give back in a financial way? 
to write to us at Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com, where you can make a safe and secure donation online, or you can look us up on social media. But don't forget to tune in again tomorrow as we wrap up our study with Paul David Tripp talking about how this idea of the glory of God combines with our peace on earth and helps us to be fruitful for the kingdom of God. The angels announce to you grace so that you may live for his glory and you may experience in all the ways possible his peace. On behalf of everyone here at Songtime and our late founder, Dr. John DeBrine, who has always encouraged you to grow in grace so that you won't groan in disgrace, we want to thank you for listening. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller with our theme verse, Luke 2:14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. <laughs>